So we're not opening to Philippians tonight, although that was my plan until very late this afternoon when I realized I was not going to pull that off. And so I actually texted the elders uh, saying, I I don't think I can get it done. And and they know, well, you may know, they're often appealing to me to take a break and use a video sermon knowing the things I'm juggling, especially lately. I usually want to show up for the work and see what the Lord does and he provides. Uh, And I believe he's provided tonight, but uh, I was praying as I was rocking our little one who I think I got to sleep about five minutes before the alarm went off to get up from our Sabbath nap, you know, one of those days, and I'll explain more in a moment, but uh, uh, it just wasn't going to work. So I was praying to the Lord, but isn't there a text, Lord, you could give me a sense of that I could, that I could give a sermon on? And, and uh, I was thinking about a quote I've been wanting to share with you, I will tonight, and that, draw, that led me to thinking, are there some scriptures? And as I was searching on my phone while the guy finally fell asleep, uh, Galatians 6, 9 came up. I said, ah, you know, I've preached on that for Presbytery, but not for church. And uh, I can go borrow from my work for that sermon. I've preached it for two Presbyteries, and I can go and borrow from that, but share with you some application I, I'd like to make for tonight. Most of that sermon I won't be preaching for you. It's available on our sermon audio page in, in, in two different sermons, um, two different Presbyteries. But tonight we're going to Galatians 6, verse 9. And I'm going to borrow from that, but also share a few other things. And I'll just volunteer with you before we begin. Um, You know it's been a challenging week. I actually had Philippians, the sermon for... I've been working ahead even more than I've usually been able to. Thankfully, we were able to have our Deuteronomy sermon this morning. Uh, And uh, I was getting through commentaries last night while uploading photos here late reading and uh, but has 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 been pretty much mostly sleepless nights, as you know. Uh, this week and going to the hospital Friday night, think we may be having a baby then, and just just a lot of extra stuff trying to get ready, having the extra time, but trying to get everything in order. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing. We realized we had to borrow toilet paper from the church last Sunday. We didn't. Really, I mean, it's just been so busy and so backed up that uh, uh, this week it kind of caught up to me. And uh, I was actually, I mean, even just things like I had to go to the dentist, I got it scheduled early because I mistakenly had it scheduled where I wouldn't have been able to be here to help with the baby shower Saturday. We didn't even think we were coming to the baby shower Friday night because we thought we were having the baby. And when I went to the dentist, which wasn't part of my scheduled plan, uh, they were so late to take me in and then they were so late to actually do the work. And it just, everything is just kind of caught up on me. I, I wasn't able to give almost any work to my other employer this week. I always go to the work for the church first. I, I know I don't need to do this, but I, I guess I want to explain I really tried very hard. This is the first time I ever gave up for an evening sermon trying to finish on the Lord's Day afternoon. And it isn't that I don't leave plenty on the desk that I might have included. In fact, while I was kept getting through my commentaries on Philippians, I recognized, oh, I didn't realize I didn't, I didn't read these commentaries for the last sermon or two. I, I thought I did, <laughs> but I, I didn't have time, I guess. So, um, I am so excited to preach Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 for you. But it won't be tonight because I just ran out of time to give you what I'd like to give you. I would have had to leave a lot out, and I need a lot of time to organize and sort. And uh, so I appreciate But the, the, the good thing is I'm ahead for next time. <laughs> and so I was going to defer to video sermons, um, but then the Lord gave this uh, to me. I believe um, it will be rough and, and messy, but I... I think it'll be uh, something to encourage us. And I definitely want to 
turn here, what led me to the scripture with what I want to share with you later is um, just thinking about not giving up on raising children. But we'll think about it. This sermon was actually more about Paul's direct application and working with the church when there's difficulties and not giving up. Although it can be discouraging, you feel like, should you stop? You don't see anything for it. And a lot of things you've done seem like they're uprooted before you get back. That's kind of the context for Paul here. I think you can feel like that with parenting and raising children and all the sacrifices. And you never feel like you can keep on top of things or do good enough. And uh, sometimes you feel like all the discipling and discipline is... Uh, not a lot to show for it, but then there are these amazing examples that, yeah, it is, and they're young, so it's at usually two extreme opposite polar, poles of whether it's showing or not. And I just thought this would be encouraging for all of us, especially as um, you know, we're, all of us are sacrificing to bring this next covenant child into the world and into the church and, and to have our, our young little guys we're still working with. It. It's been some very difficult nights. Today was very odd. Um, and it was one of those, I had to just bow and say, I, I've tried, Lord, my best. I, there's not enough time. Uh, but uh, stay tuned for Philippians. But we go back a few uh, letters to Galatians tonight. And again, I'm borrowing some things from Presbytery Sermons. I'd like to share a few other things. And um, without further uh, explanation, let's, let's get to our text. May the Lord feed us tonight. Galatians 6, verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let me read that again. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. (laughs) I think I forgot to share, but while I was in that dentist chair waiting a long time, I put together almost the whole sermon in my head for Philippians. But then I actually caught up on the commentaries, and after doing more exegetical work, I realized I, I wasn't going to be able to pull it off. But I was so excited. I'm way ahead. You know, I, got a, I wrote a lot of notes in the car before I started driving away while I waited for half my face to have feeling again. You know? And so it feels like, oh, you know, what's the point of doing all that work? And, but we're called, don't be weary with well-doing. You do what you can. You keep adjusting. You come back to other things. And, but it is helpful when you can see you've gotten something done, right? And uh, something I shared with the Presbytery is I like to do dishes. And I think some of you have seen the shirt I had that uh, uh, Pastor Rudell sent to me afterwards. I guess the first time you preach for Presbytery, they send you a shirt. And he quoted some of, some of my introduction to the sermon and uh, says, I like to do dishes. And I have never had more people tell me how much. It says, real men do dishes and, uh, and diapers. And uh, that was from the sermon. And uh, I've never had more people, men and women, tell me how much they love this shirt. So, like, wow. Um, interesting. But I like to do dishes. Why? Because I can see right away that I've accomplished something. You know what I mean? I mean, I, maybe sometimes you've got to scrub hard and get those metal pads out and pry a little extra elbow grease among other greases. But, man, when it's done, I can see I got something done. I can see reward for my labor. doesn't feel pointless. I, I kind of like to joke, you know, often the kids and the wife will say to me, hey, uh, the dishwasher's available. And we got a new one now because the old one died. Thanks to the church, we have a nice new dishwasher. And, but I always say, ah, I'm better than that dishwasher. I can, you know, and you got to wait so long to see those dishes done, whereas right now I can get them done. I was a dishwasher a lot growing up, so maybe that's part of it too. But 
I, I don't know about those newfangled contraptions uh, called dishwashers. I'm better at it. I love to see when it's done. I just love to put it in that drying rack. I'm not much for drying. I like to call upon others to help me with that and putting them away. But I love to do the dishes because I can see, I can see the work of my hands having a result. That's why I like mowing the lawn too. Immediate satisfaction when you're done. You can see what you did. And it's not like the ministry very often. You often can't see if you've gotten anything done. And often it looks like it looks like somehow you made it worse. But Paul calls you to never give up on serving Christ's church because you will enjoy spiritual harvests. And I give you that as the main idea of our text. Paul calls you to never give up on serving Christ's church because you will enjoy spiritual harvests. You see, he calls you to think and live like farmers. You till the ground, it's a lot of work. You plant the seed, you come back and pull weeds, you, you water, you, know, you fertilize, all this work. It takes a while before you have anything to show for it. And some seasons, you don't have anything to show for it, but you trust there'll be another season. Ministry is like that. Life is like that. And raising children is like that. And uh, that's the immediate reference point for me coming to this text and thought tonight to encourage my wife who's about to go through labor at some point soon, we're hoping this week, and all that's involved in it and being exhausted and somehow the little toddlers know when mommy isn't as capable to catch them, if you will, and somehow like to, you know, test her. And, and you can sometimes feel like, ah, oh, all this work, is it, is it amounting to anything? But it does. The Lord gives us opportunities and we see how Things are developing. Even last week, as we saw our four-year-old, his own desire, though I tried to nudge him to sit in the back, he wanted to sit in the front, and he sat there by himself the entire service and worshiped with us because he just wanted to sit up front. I'm like, wow, four-year-old, don't tell me they can't do it. Well, that they shouldn't, and they want to. And uh, there's a lot of times where I would not have seen that coming. You know, that's kind of the idea. All that work you're doing to try to teach them, and sometimes it just comes. It's just time for the fruit. And we saw a rose on our, our bush today. There haven't been roses in a while. All of a sudden, I didn't see it starting, but it's there. The, 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 the rose is there. It's beautiful. So call, call, Paul calls you to think like a farmer. Live like a farmer in your Christian lives, whether it's serving the church, whether it's serving your families, building your life, building a plan for family, going through setbacks, whether it's work or school or other things. Keep your hand to the plow. You will reap if you faint not. He says, I know you might be feeling like you, maybe you should give up. What, all this hard work, I don't have anything to show for it. In fact, it looks like I just killed everything. He says, don't grow weary in well-doing. You will reap if you faint not. Keep it up. And the message for you this evening is you will reap if you faint not. You will reap if you faint not. So, beloved, keep trusting you will be rewarded seasonally and most handsomely at the final harvest. Winters are not times of death, but dormancy. 
right? What have we noticed again with the rain? I know I keep talking about it, but I just keep marveling over it. The Lord is sending so much rain, and all of this brown stuff, or kind of our winter in a sense, it's just growing green everywhere. It's actually simodorancy. There are roots beneath the ground, and they're just waiting. It's the same with life. It's the same with child rearing, and it's the same with church being the church and waiting for disciples and the process of making disciples and all the encouragements and disappointments, the the gains and the losses that come with it in season and out of season. Ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Paul writes, reflecting on all the backsliding, all the backtracking that the Galatians have done. Who's bewitched you? What? He's writing to reassure himself and the other leaders. Nonetheless, don't stop. Don't give up on them. And that's what you see with the Galatians and the Corinthians. All this disappointments, all this discouragement. But Paul doesn't give up. He keeps going back. He keeps working with these churches. Trusting he'll reap. You see, the word of God that you sow will not come back void. Whether it's the different ways we seek to do outreach in the area, the the different uh, door-to-door for years. I keep thinking of that. The Holy Spirit might rain over all the area like the water on the earth. All the outreach with radio and postcards and and, uh, personal evangelism. The sowing of the word that you've done will not come back void. And I want to encourage you, the sowing and others who have come through. The sowing in our children, particularly, we want to think about tonight. All the, the hard work of raising children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. All the discipling is involved. All the di- discipline. All the, all the helping to grow and serve the Lord. It can just feel like, you know, you take one step forward and 22 steps back. On any given day, right? But we're being reminded it's better than you think. It will come back. It will reproduce a harvest. So, beloved, again, serve in and out of season. There's not a whole lot of immediate gratification with making disciples, including in the home. But you will be gratified, you will be rewarded, you will see fruit. Harvest will come in waves, just like the seasons. You will have your rainy springs, your summer sunshine, and your autumn harvests. There will be due seasons, appointed times of harvest. What does he say? Don't grow weary in well-doing. You will reap if you faint not in due season. And those seasons are completely in the hands of God. The only thing you and I can do is be about the, the farming Lord is the Lord of the harvest. The Lord is in charge of who and when and where and how. And he'll keep us humble by not letting it usually be directly obvious we had anything to do with it. Just do the best we can with what he'll send to us and take away from us. But there is an appointed season, just like spring, fall, winter, summer. There are these seasons that we've got to keep preaching and serving and ministering in and out of season. Discipling our children in and out of season. Trusting there'll be those times of harvest. God alone decides when. You can't predict the weather. 
Still, you can prepare the earth for rain and plant seeds and fertilize and trim. And we talk about a lot that with our Bermuda grass. Uh, I can't figure out how to get the sprinklers to work right. Uh, I've got the front yard, but not the back. But, you know, I got that special rake years ago. There's no better exercise, by the way. Whew, got that special rake where you rake out the Bermuda grass, the dead grass from it. Incredible. You don't need to go to any any gym. <laughs> and um, But I haven't been able to get to it. But I like to try. I'm always saying we've got to get to it before the rain. I can't control when it's going to rain, but if we can... Use that rake, and then we have the hole puncher, you know, to get, have ways for the water to get to the roots. We can be doing all that, but I have no control on when it's going to rain. I can just prepare for it. And Paul's saying, don't stop preparing for rain. Don't stop preparing. Trust there will be growth when God sends the rain and when God decides. In due season. Most important thing to remember, you're not done until the Lord of the harvest is done. And he's not done until he returns on the day of harvest, and he will. Then and only then will you uh, be your most satisfying and glorifying time, glorious time of reaping. The Lord will give us seasons of reaping along the way. But we need to remember the appointed time, the due season, is at his return. The time that we'll be most joyously returning with our arms full of wheat is at the final harvest, at the resurrection on Judgment Day, at the return of Christ. But he'll give us times of refreshing and Reformation revival along the way. But we're really waiting for that final harvest. All other times of harvest are only storing up for that final opening of the heavens, fruits. Excuse me, final opening of the heavens, storehouses. And yet we shall personally reap from our work, Paul's encouraging us. It's not in vain. Don't give up. You'll reap in due season if you faint not. You're sweating. Your bleeding hands will gather fruits and be raised in clapping and praising over it all. As you sang in Psalm 126, verse 1 this evening, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. That's actually not verse 1, it's the end of, it's the, end of the psalm. But no, there's that twice comment on sowing of the seed, the cultivating the crop is hard work. It hurts. It's sad. Or it makes you sad. Feel sad. You feel tired. But we'll reap with joy. There's this emphasis on the reaping of joy, that crown before us at the final harvest. But those other harvests along the way building toward that final harvest. Psalm 128, verse 2, For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. What's Psalm 128 talking about? Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. And among other things, your labor of your hands will go well. And what is one of the things that's mentioned? The blessing of seeing your grandchildren. And that's right after Psalm 127. 
Children are inheritance of the Lord, a gift to the womb of the woman, arrows in the hand of the man to shoot out and impact the world for Christ. These are gifts. These are blessings. Not something we often remember at 2 in the morning. And then again at 3.15 in the morning. And then again at 4.70. Well, there's no 4.70. I need a nap. (laughs) We always tease, as we did one of our little guys this morning, it's a good thing you're cute, kid. You were not cute last night. (laughs) But as you see them cute, and as you see them developing, and that that same child, that whatever was going on, a lot of times it's just development. And we've had such a busy week and so many extra things. And... Um, and then you're driving and they're singing along with the children's psalms like word for word so many of the psalms and, and sometimes you're not even playing the CD and they're bringing them up and you're like okay wow I didn't know they knew all that and you start to see some signs of growth the hard work is worth it and they'll sleep one day <laughs> and sooner than you think Proverbs 16, verse 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. I want to encourage the session and trustees as we plan for another year. Remember Psalm 124 a little before. If not for the Lord, we wouldn't be here. But because of the Lord, we are again. And as we plan and do what we're able, we don't sit on our hands. We put our hands to work, and we ask the Lord to establish the work of our hands. He will establish it, though, the proverb there. And so we want to pray Psalm 90, verse 17. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. We put our hands out, we're busy about work, but we remember to keep them up asking for the Lord to fill them. For the Lord to bless our work, and to give us patience for the season when he will see fit to allow us to to enjoy what we, we can't see beneath the surface. And trust Philippians 4.13 along the way, including the waiting and the hard work that you want to quit on. We'll get back there, but I'll give it to you since it's supposed to be Philippians tonight. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And as always, what's the context? Particularly, learning how to be content in and out of season. In abundance and in lack thereof. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Trust this as well. I was encouraged to think of it and remember Fernanda put it on the wall of our schoolroom. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So don't go weary and well-doing along the way and throw up your hands. I give up. Forget it. This will never happen. This will never work. Don't miss the signs that something's growing beneath the surface along the way. Wait for the fruit. Wait for the harvest. Same thing in church. Same thing in all your areas of your life as you serve Christ and his kingdom first. Everything else will be added to you in his time and in his way. There's no better way. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Keep farming in your lives and the lives of others. 
even when you don't have a lot of fruit to show for it at the moment, except for a whole lot of cuts and bruises. This does afford me, and this is the impetus of this message tonight as I pray, Lord, isn't there something I can preach on? It gives me an opportunity to share a nugget I meant to share with you, and I forgot. Uh, I mentioned on Christian radio, I'd been hearing a number of, they were just kind of coming rapid fire when I was driving to and fro from the speech and debate tournament recently. Oh, this is good. I want to bring this, share this. And I did share it with Fernanda, but I want to bring it back, maybe more for me tonight. I wasn't able to get the sermon done, and I was frustrated, and I probably would not have gotten it done anyways. I don't want to throw the little guys under the bus, so to speak. But, again, <laughs> right when you think naps are good and everything's nice and smooth, about two minutes before the alarm goes off, <laughs> finally, and it was a battle. But I want to share this nugget, and I think it's more for me tonight. But hopefully it encourages, for now it encourages all of you as you raise your families, as you serve the church family, as you serve the Lord in all areas of your life. On the radio, the man shared that, I don't know if you know about olive trees, but he said when you plant an olive tree and you cultivate it, it can take two to three years before any olives come from that. Ah, forget it, I'm not going to cultivate this tree. Well, that was Two, three years, you're going to have olives. Don't be weary in well-doing. In due season, you'll reap, faint not. He, he said this next, and this I think is particularly encouraging. He said, that same olive tree, while it takes two to three years to get some fruit, it can take 10 to 12 years before you get a lot of fruit. And made the application, don't give up on discipling your children in time the fruit will come. Same thing for discipleship and serving the church. 10 to 12 years. Well, it's about how long you've tolerated me here. (laughs) Ministry has its seasons. And it has its times the Lord will do different things, including rebuilding walls. I, I wanted to check the work. I didn't want to go just by the quote. Make sure this is accurate. And I found, indeed, on a website all about olive tree cultivation, two to three years before you get any olives. I I, I couldn't find, in the time I had to work with, I couldn't find whether the 10 to 12 years, I I wasn't able to confirm those details. I, I trust that is correct. However, it did say this. Olive trees can tend to take a year off. And they can go every other year. One year is fruit. Next year, no fruit. But then the next year, fruit. But then the next year, no fruit. But then the next year, fruit. (laughs) You see. You keep working. You don't give up on the fruitless years. Especially in the discipleship of your children. Just as much the discipleship of our own selves. And serving in the church. But yeah, discipling your children. It might take two, three years before you see a whole lot of fruit. and could be about 10, 12 years before you get a lot of fruit. But isn't it worth it when you get there? Yeah. 
I needed that <laughs> this week, especially after last night and this afternoon. Because you can easily forget. You know, again, getting ready for the delivery of our baby and dealing with challenging transitions with our youngest. Fernanda and I needed to be reminded. And by the way, we have a lot of help with our other children. It's not like we don't have a lot of help. It's just, you know. We needed to be reminded to keep at biblical parenting. To look for the shoots along the way. To look for the buds. And to trust in the harvest. Same goes for our own growth in Christ. Don't give up on yourselves. Don't give up on your devotions. Don't give up on your personal discipleship. I was so happy to start reading through this Bible plan. Well, guess what? I got a little catch-up to do after the last week or so. But I'm going to get caught up. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to get caught up. And I did catch up for a while, and it was a blessing to read all those after chapters in one setting. And I'll catch up again. Don't give up on yourselves. Don't give up, don't give up on the church and Christ church, and don't give up on this church. Two, three years, 10, 12 years, every other year. The harvest is always worth it. One soul is worth it. From covenant child or someone grafted in. And you'll be reaping with joy. Meanwhile, keep your hand to the plow. Don't go weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap if you faint not. And that's the message for you again this evening. You will reap if you faint not. In Jesus Christ, dear Christians, dear church, you will reap if you faint not. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you that because of you, we are still here and we have not been destroyed. We thank you that already you've shown new growth and buds and possibilities. We turn to you and trust, Lord, we're hearing news that there's a little bit more growth towards the final payment with the property, and we trust it will happen. We, we pray you help us not to grow weary in all this work of deincorporation and all this work of uh, just better communicating about ourselves and to others, and all this work of discipleship that can sometimes feel fruitless. Lord, let us trust you're doing things with it. And in the end, we'll receive our reward. Most importantly in heaven, when you say, well done, good and faithful servants. But we pray, Lord, you would mercifully allow a time of harvest this year. Let your Holy Spirit reigns bubble up and bring new life. We thank you for the visitors today that said they'll be next week. Pray that we'll develop into the evenings. Pray that we'll develop into salvation and sanctified service of you. Lord, the growth comes in ways and places we don't expect. We have no control over. But help us, Lord, as we continue to prepare this church, even as we uh, do the things to be ready to last longer and in all the improvements we've made on the property and to serve and be ready. Lord, we 
We just lift it all up to you and pray that you would establish the work of our hands. And Lord, we confess there are some tears of all the sowing, but we pray, Lord, even this year in significant ways, you will allow us to reap a great harvest in our arms and that we will be returning with great joy and rejoicing. All in you, all in what you are doing, declaring to one another, proclaiming to one another, With joy unspeakable, the Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And I'm so glad he kept our hands to the plow and our eyes on the plowing. Lord, indeed, help us to trust you. Help us not to grow weary in well-doing. Trusting in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. And Lord, we do pray that you would help Fernanda she's getting close to birthing our daughter, that you'll help her to faint not, that you'll encourage her, lift her up on eagle's wings, let her run and not be weary, let her walk and not faint, and let her trust, as Jesus says, that she will not remember it for the joy of bringing a child into the world and into your church. And I pray your blessing on our beloved saints and brethren here who are so supportive and patient along the way, including tolerating this uh, haphazard sermon, trusting you to sanctify it and to feed your sheep. We lift our eyes unto you, O Lord, maker of heaven and earth, for from you comes our help. And we indeed trust that we will reap if we faint not. Help us to remember during the dry seasons, the planting seasons, the discouraging seasons along the way, and never to give up, and to trust that you, Holy Spirit, will reap a harvest of spiritual fruit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all your people said, Amen. Love, would you open your Psalters with me to Psalm 67 on page 133. Please stand. Oh, let the name 
men shall him fear unto earth's utmost end. Amen. Beloved, now receive the Lord's benediction. Now, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus, throughout all ages, world without end. Amen.